0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Book Club. First rule of Book Club is, you must always talk about Book Club. Second rule of Book Club is, tell everyone about Book Club.
1: Hello, welcome to IRC Book Club, the show where every week or once a month, Mike and I pick a sales book, talk about it, analyse it, and give you our thoughts. Welcome back, Mike, how's it going?
0: Yeah, not bad, thank you. Kids are back at school, which is good. Good for them, good for me, good for us all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what I've I, I found is this week we are covering pre by Robert Chialdini. We really enjoyed Influence by Robert Chialdini, didn't we? And we got quite a lot out of it.
0: Yes, and I was looking forward to reading this book as a consequence. Good.
1: Right. Let's dive straight in. So, in true time honoured fashion, do you want to start with the highlights or shall I?
0: Um, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you a a quick summary about what we're going to discuss today, which is um, would I recommend that somebody should read this book? No. Um, And I think, well, I wouldn't. And I think during, but I think during the course of today, in the next hour in which we review this book, I think we'll cover enough content so that somebody doesn't have to read it so that they can get the good bits out of it. If at the end of it, they then want to buy the book, then we'll fool them. But there are some highlights in it. Overall, I find that it just waffles and goes off tangent miles too much. It just gets desperately boring at parts, I think, this. (laughs) Well, don't you? I'm
1: going to give you my thoughts on it as a book at the end of the show okay but what i am what i have done is uh, i have read it twice i've listened to it on audible and then i've sat down speed read it with my uh, my my ipad and my apple pencil i've got a lot of highlights that are then thrown into my note taking app and we've got a few different bits before um uh we get stuck in so there's so many different little points here i mean he, he talks about the psychological frame in which an appeal is first place can carry equal or even greater weight. Um, And what he's talking about in this book, the whole point of this book is he's saying that a lot of what makes a purchase decision happen is stuff that takes place before the interaction with the customer and the salesperson. Would you say that's fair?
0: That's definitely what ha- what he's talking about in that's, this book. that's
1: the whole crux of the book, uh, uh, is is uh, uh, he's saying that by the time you've decided to buy something, they've warmed you up, they've primed the pump, haven't they?
0: Yes, I, I mean, a book, quite a few people have spoken about that. You know, a lot of the books that we're reading that are very current, because this is a bit old, are talking about how far down the buying path uh, a buyer is before they've met the salesperson. In fairness to Cialdini, that's what he's saying, and he's talking about how you can influence that.
1: Yeah. I mean, a a, a great example for me of where the pump gets primed and I'll talk about this, I use this example a lot, is on YouTube. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm really into making my digital music and all that stuff at the weekends. The way I get advertised to now is so subtle. And what people don't realise is that the whole of YouTube is set up to prime the pump. People don't realise... They go on YouTube, they think, oh yeah, I'm watching Pete McKinnon. Pete McKinnon, All what's his sole purpose? He is just a machine to sell you camera kit. Of
0: course he is, yeah. I think people pr- realise that. And, and, I think and, people don't care.
1: And he primes the pump constantly for whichever vendor is pumping him at that point in time. And it's so clever and it's so subtle. And in fact, a lot of our... And, and, and it's what, what I found frustrating was he's not talked enough... He he's, he he alludes very merely to the digital world in the book, and I'd have loved to have seen it be a little bit more current in terms of how the pump gets primed digitally.
0: Actually, he, I think you are being a bit unfair, actually. There, he, to be he talks
1: a little bit about the website in it's, the book. Yeah, with the with the fluffy and, clouds.
0: And let's be clear, it's not like I'm sitting on the side of buying the book fence here. Clearly not. What he does talk about are things that you could incorporate into a digital strategy. So he's going to talk about the difference between German and French wine, isn't he? Or he's gonna talk about what happens if you get offered the most expensive thing first. Or he's gonna talk about all those things that point our um, buying gaze in a certain way, which actually you could incorporate into a digital strategy, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, he could, I guess. I mean, but he doesn't, he doesn't
0: mention the digital strategy because he's a bit no. old-fashioned and the book's a bit old.
1: No, he, he's more bothered about the fact that he didn't get much action when he was younger.
0: Yeah, he does mention that a few times, actually. He mentions it a lot. Yeah, and I, so found, what's the uh, first... and I
1: found that interesting.
0: What's the first I'm, bit you picked out, then? have I've written a few really important... The first bit I've
1: picked out is, I think that, it, it, you know, he does mention a couple of bits that are fascinating. Customers in a wine shop were more likely to purchase a German wine if, before their choice, they heard a German song playing on the shop's sound system. Similarly, they were likely to purchase a French vintage. This is obviously in the pr- foreword of the book. A French vintage if they heard a French song playing. So subconsciously, you know, I go to the wine shop every Friday. It's like our little Friday thing. Me and the Mrs. Graham... We go to the wine shop. and Hasda? No, we go to um, Aiken Humphrey's Wine Merchants in Collingham. There's a little plug. Very nice wine shop.
0: Or do they sell Gallo wine as well?
1: Yeah, they sell Gallo and Hock. <laughs>
0: <the blue> <laughs> and Blue Nun. And
1: Blue Nun. And White Strike, yeah. Um, well, I'll
0: go, I'll go. Yeah, and
1: um, we, we go to the wine shop and we buy our wine. And uh, Gillian then goes back the next day after she's done five bottles on Friday night. Um, but... Um, I find that, I guess that's a fascinating thought, that something as simple as a wine purchase, you can prime a punter with just a little bit of sort of music in the background. But don't you think,
0: though, I've never heard of you wine merchant, and I'm saying it to take the mickey a little bit, but don't you think, though, that that wine merchant, I've never been to it, it's in Collingham, which is a fairly nice place, Um, don't you think that their setup is primed to make you not want to buy the cheapest shit in the shop?
1: Oh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a proper wine merchant. Well, my our
0: point is that, that you're walking into a, in inverted commas, proper wine merchants, you're not going to buy the cheapest bottle of wine. Subconsciously, you won't be able to bring yourself to do that. No. And that's sort of what Chialdini's talking about. I think a lot of this happens in recruitment, right? I think that some of these pompous headhunters, I think when the client engages them, the pompous headhunters, unwittingly actually, have created an environment in which the person pre- that's going to b- buy the recruitment services has persuaded them that it's the right idea.
1: Yes, there's a. Oh, I, I think executive, the in inverted commas executive search business, uh, a, 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 which I personally believe is one of the great cons.
0: It's the emperor's of, new clothes, it's a it's, joke.
1: Yeah. Um, that whole concept, uh, a lot of that is about pump priming with, um, slick off. Well, he talks later on in the book about the importance of environmental, uh, stimuli. So, exactly. so, and the importance of, for example, a, a really slick office and how that then affects behavior and how it affects buying behavior. So they prime the pump with the way that they look, the way that the individual looks, smart, big, posh, rugby union playing. Hello, I'm a top guy. I sound a bit public school. Very good, smart, super smart suit. Uh, yes. Mental I th- I think offices. To intimidate
0: people with that hiring beautiful people in a beautiful place.
1: But I, but I equally think that the consulting sector is very similar. That they prime the pump with bullshit, and then the punters buy it.
0: Yeah, it's like all it's like these Accenture, firms. KP,
1: yeah, Accenture, KPMG, all that shit. Uh, I think actually, ninety percent of the, what the punter is paying for is the subconscious pump priming that made them buy it.
0: Yes, and then getting back to the book, I hundred percent agree with you. And then getting back to the book, I was hoping this book was going to be full of how to create that environment, but yeah. actually, how to create that environment and how to do the persuasion bit, it could have done in twenty pages. The remaining, God knows how many other pages there were, was him just waffling on about irrelevant stories.
1: Yes, it was. And that was very frustrating.
0: That was your problem. When you were out dogging, listening to the book, is your mind will have wandered off. And all of a sudden you'll have thought, God, I've been listening for 10 minutes. Uh, Did he just say something interesting? And I found that with the book, I thought, God, I've just read 10 pages. And I I had read every word and thought, I wonder what he said. (laughs) Because it's so boring a lot of it.
1: Normally, when I'm walking the dog and I'm listening to the, an audio book, if it's a workbook for something like book club, um, if something's really hot, and I think, wow, that's I really want to talk about that on the show. There's a button on the Audible app that you can use to clip a note. So I'll stop. I'll pull the phone out of my pocket. I'll just hit it, keep walking, right? I've not hit it once on this book.
0: But... And you're right, but, I was the same. But,
1: the, but there are some little gems in here.
0: But the concept of persuasion, of teeing somebody up for a sale before you actually engage with them, is a brilliant concept. And so many, so many successful companies do it, and the unsuccessful sellers don't do it, but they should be trying to do it.
1: Yeah, he, there's another example early on in the book where he talks about uh, an insurance salesman going to a house. Right? I, and he, I must have it, read it, but I can't remember. Yeah, it. and it, and the, he's been on three different meetings with this particular insurance sales guy. And the sales guy deliberately leaves something in his car.
0: Ah, that's right, yeah, yeah.
1: And he, he explains that he deliberately leaves something in his car and he says, uh, and then he looks at the family that he's selling to with the insurance and he says, uh, I'm sure you can trust me to uh, go in and out of your house, all right, can't you? I just need to go and get something from the car. And they go, of course we can trust you to go in and out of our house, okay? Uh, And I think the way the words he uses, he's very careful with it. It's very deliberate. He says, I'm sure you can trust me to go in and out of your family home, okay?
0: Yes, yeah, yeah.
1: And the moment they say, yes, we can, they've just agreed to trust him.
0: Yep, very simple. very clever.
1: And the guy sells, apparently the guy was like a superstar salesman, but he's won all his sales with that little one act of persuasion because he's got them to trust him straight away. And then he's sat there a, selling that's him a insurance.
0: Cracker. And that's a beauty in this book. It's a beauty. Oh, it's a great example, that. And there's um, another one here, target shooting. Did you, In chapter two, did you read about the shooting bit?
1: Hold on, I'm on chapter two. All I've got is a note on Chapter 2, which is on location 347 in the Kindle, um, well, where, what,
0: so, so, ab,
1: t- about where where they upsell, where y- you can sell more. What's interesting is how they've got more features in a product. It, you're more likely to buy it than perhaps less features, but with a better product. Yes. Where he was talking about camera salespeople.
0: Well, I, d- I didn't know that, but he was talking about single-shoot questions. Right. Um, and he says, as an example, cult cult, cult recruiters, well, quite where they're cult, I don't know, but cult recruiters often begin the process of seducing new prospects by asking if they are happy rather than unhappy, rather than asking if they're unhappy rather than happy. Yeah. And he's talking about asking questions that lead you down a certain place, which I think is 100% correct. I'm not yeah. saying this is the right way to sell cloud managed services, but I guess if you were selling cloud managed services to clients that had old knackered software on premise, your single shoot question would be, how many problems does having uh, on premise uh, old applications cause you each day? It's or a single ha- shoot yeah. question that takes you down a single place. Now, Correct. I don't think many of the salespeople that we deal with are doing that. And I think a lot would benefit from doing it.
1: I think, that, that's a, I think that's a killer takeaway from this book. Just it, 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 literally, if all you did was go into a customer meeting and say, how unhappy are you with your current supply? Yeah. It's a very leading question.
0: But they're obviously but, unhappy because they're sat down with you. They're but not there's talking a reason you're in, to you for no yeah. reason.
1: Uh, and do you know, I, I would say that's a good takeaway for me. I, I am going to start asking people, how unhappy are you with your current role?
0: I've done it ever since I read this book. The rather than, response,
1: rather than the open point. question of what's happening for you that's making you consider looking for something new right now, I'm probably going to rechange that to, how unhappy are you with your current role? Do
0: you know what's interesting is I spoke to a guy that I'm dealing with, you know him, a guy called Jonathan... And the way I got into that was we were talking, he went, I've got a couple of recruiters on the go. I said, that's interesting. You've got two recruiters. Why? Why? Where does the unhappiness lie with just having one? <laughs> Excuse me. So I'll say that again, Jonathan, because you are <laughs> coffee. So I've got a client at the minute called Jonathan. I straight canvassed yeah, yeah. this guy. And he went, yeah, I've already got a couple of recruiters. I said, that's interesting. You've got two recruiters, so you must be unhappy with just having one. Why is that? That's cool. And he went, well, I'm not sure that one can deliver. I said, what? So you've got two companies, neither of which can deliver. Now, as you know, he knew what I was doing. He was smart. And he knew that I would tied him into it. And then we got talking about selling books and stuff like that. But it's interesting, isn't it? That, that, you know, I've I've got five recruiters that I'm working with. You're working with five recruiters. What's wrong with them? Yeah. What do you mean?
1: How unhappy are you with the way you're recruiting at the moment to have five recruiters?
0: You've got five recruiters? That sounds crazy.
1: And that's a pre-influencing question. Now, yeah, actually, I think it's just an influencing question,
0: but it's leading. A massive, it's a good question is the point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got panned on LinkedIn um, a few weeks ago about a point I made about the use of the English language as a surgical instrument with which we do our work um, in reference to uh, the unfair advantage, which we'd covered um, which both you and I really love. And a lot of people really sort of panned me on it um, because the the conversation kind of went down a little bit of a route around... Um, talk, it, it went down a route of talking about education, backgrounds, why articulate people do better than inarticulate people, and so on. And I got leathered for this. But the reality is... Language is a surgical instrument, Mike, for a salesman. It's a
0: surgical, a surgical instrument. instrument for good ones.
1: Yes. And the ones that r- I think, if I, I really look at the top ones, they all have incredible knowledge of what their words really mean when they come and, out but of their but mouth.
0: Let's just clarify that because I do agree with you. What you're not saying is that they need to have soloed a dictionary and been to Cambridge. No. Because we know both know a salesman who I placed... Well, that's, the, that's a better example. There was a chief exec that I've dealt with for 20 years who has, who has sold his business and he's probably sat on a desert island somewhere right now. His grasp of the English language he, was mediocre. He had about 24 letters in his alphabet with his thick regional accent. His use of English was a precision tool. He would just say, why, what do you mean, how do you mean? Lovely, elegant, simple questions didn't get wrapped up. And I think that's what you're talking about. Isn't that somebody's got to know that a sentence is structured with an adverb and a pronoun in a certain order? No. It's about
1: knowing that what comes out of your mouth, every single communication that leaves your lips, every utterance has a meaning.
0: And in fairness to, to this guy, KLD or whatever that. his first name is. He gets that. He gets it. He just doesn't explain it very well.
1: <laughs> no. Um, and then he, the, the other thing he, he talks about, chapter three, he talks about the importance of attention.
0: Oh, I'm glad you mentioned this. I would put some notes to this. Go on.
1: Um, I, I really like what he's talking about here. So he said, what be, what effectively, what we're paying attention to at any given point in time is influence in and of itself. Yep. So if you can create any form of attention, you know, it's like, is it a attention, interest, decision? So effectively, the noisiest, squeakiest wheel does get the oil. That's what he's saying.
0: And I think as an addition to that, he's saying you've got to, if you want to influence somebody, you've got to think at what point you want to influence them and draw their attention to something. So... You know, if somebody's dog has just died, it wouldn't bother me. I know it'd bother you hugely, but if your dog had just died, <laughs> it would be the it would be the wrong point to try and sell you a car because you would attach huge sadness to that car. At a subconscious level,
1: yes, yes, absolutely. And then he's got uh, it, What chapter are you looking at now, Mike?
0: Chapter four. I'm on.
1: What's focal is causal.
0: Yeah, and I think that this again was interesting. He said, he said, channeled uh, channeled attention is a big deal for creating influence, big enough to account for the patterns of conduct that can range from perplexing to alarming. So what he's thinking about here is, is where are you focusing on and what does that mean to the uh, persuasion environment? Yes. Which I I thought was quite interesting. If you go back to your wine shop example, I reckon that if your mate was outside in a Porsche and you just walked into the wine shop, your focus would be on the success of your mate and that would influence the bottle of wine that you would buy. Whereas if you went to the wine shop and there was, uh, I, I don't know, two teenage kids sat outside drinking White Stripe, which is unlikely in Collingham, obviously. <laughs> that might, th- that would affect the focus of the bottle of wine that you purchased. Yeah, summarise this chapter. But what's th- important is, what does that mean to our salespeople and then how can they use it in the sale, which he doesn't really cover?
1: No, uh, there's, uh, 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 and I'm, I'm going to be honest, Mike, there's no point in this book... Uh, I'm going to tell it like it is. There's not one thing where I've got out of this book where I've thought, "Do you know what? I'm a better salesman for having read it."
0: Oh, and it's the and it's that.
1: the first time. It's the first time on IRC Book Club where I can say that I've I've actually not got one. There's nothing in the eight hours I've spent listening to the audiobook, The two and a half hours I've spent highlighting the book the other day in 10 and a half hours of my undivided attention or slightly divided attention, there's not one thing where I think, do you know what? I'm a better salesman for that. Maybe the concept of, uh, I really liked the whole idea of, for example, clouds on the back of your website will then lead. So I'll just give an example for the listeners. If you put clouds on a website, um, and you've got a furniture shop, Fluffy clouds would influence people to be more bothered about comfort as a buying criteria, for example, than perhaps something else. So you can pre-influence people just by having fluffy clouds on the website. Amazing. And I like that. It's made me think, okay, what's our pre-influencing message
0: yeah, on our, I on our, our new harsh. website? That's why I think you're a bit unfair about it. But I, think, I think you don't like it because the guy just bloody goes on for so long and so many pages, and then all of a sudden you trip over something and go, oh, that's good. Um, yeah, I mean... This uh, is much... Uh, this is miles better than Getting Things Done. Miles better.
1: No, totally disagree. So totally disagree.
0: Utter rubbish. That's but actually, but actually book
1: the book. show that we did on Getting Things Done is one of the most listened to shows we've ever done. Why? Because GTD is a very popular, highly used, highly practical system for being organized.
0: Yeah, I so said a load of disorganized people.
1: Uh, so there's lots of people who are very into their productivity.
0: Yeah, well, we're not talking about GTD, we're talking about this book.
1: But, so,
0: um, You know, I think you've been harsh, Shane, you didn't get anything from it. You've just told me two things. One is the cloud thing, one is single-shoot questions.
1: Yeah, all right, but I'm still not a better salesman for it. I'm, I, I know that's not going to make me any more money.
0: Oh, I think that will, that will make me more money.
1: 100%. I'm not going to look back at the end of the year and think, "Wow, I'm richer for that." Wow, I've re- that's that's that was a game changer.
0: Uh, I think, uh, yeah, but I think we'll go on to a different subject now. But I think the uh, 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 the increments of becoming a better salesperson per- are scored in inches, not yards. If you want to read a book that's going to give you ten yards change. Then you're in a dark. Yeah, if you if you're
1: looking for a can't book that's them. going to give you a massive, massive, game-changing difference in the way you sell, then you've so got, got serious problem. Well, you've got serious problems, and you've got to have a long, hard think about yourself.
0: Yeah, go and do something else is the answer. Now, you know how many inches are there in this book metaphorically? Not many. I <laughs> will give you that, but there are some. I think.
1: Yes. So, what else you got?
0: Well, I mean, let's just, let's just sort of sort of whiz through it. You know, I... Um, so, Chapter 6, Commanders... Well, I'll tell you what, actually. I'm flicking through the book. I wrote down one, two, three, four, five, six takeaways out of this book. Is what let's hear down.
1: your six takeaways, Mike.
0: So, number one uh, was in Chapter 2, which was the single-shoot questions. Right. Why are you unhappy with your new role... Why are you unhappy with your supplier? Why are we talking? I think leading them down that path to make them consider why they're unhappy is a very powerful tool to persuading somebody to talk to you. Okay. Um, I then put chapter three. I thought drawing attention to something in a timely fashion is also very important. So answer me this, Johnny. So you have got a candidate who you have sent out to ABC Software. You've also got them matched to DEF software, but you haven't yep. talked to them about DEF software. You've got the feedback for ABC software. They were utterly terrible. <laughs> you give them their feedback for ABC software. Do you tell them about DEF software or do you wait? Oh, wait. That's the benefit of timely fashion, isn't it?
1: Well, Absolutely. But I think that's—I I I just think that's plain intellect and common sense, Mike.
0: Well, that's fine. Maybe you're the perfect salesperson. But what if you were a salesperson who had who didn't think about that? What if you were 22 years old? Is that something valuable to learn?
1: Mr. Candidate, you've really stunk the place out. Now, anyway, let's talk about this next job.
0: Yeah, well, it's just like selling network security, I guess, isn't it? Or anything?
1: Yes, I guess so. But. uh, Go on, what else have you got that are key takeaways? Uh, I, I think I think you're searching, Pricey.
0: I've only written down six. Go on. But you can't say that the whole book's rubbish. That's just a nonsense thing to say.
1: I actually think it's by a degree of 25%, the worst book we've ever covered on the show.
0: Yeah, I just don't believe that And I,
1: I, and, I, and I was going to talk about it at the end. I, I actually, uh, uh, if somebody rang me and said, I'm thinking of reading Persuasion by Robert Cialdini, I'd say... You'll be better off sticking your head in an oven. You see, I
0: think, I think you're this is the the I think that's nonsense. No,
1: I, know, I think it's the worst book we've done on the show yeah, by I'm a have long to go over stretch.
0: Because we've read some much worse ones than that. No,
1: nope. even it, it, Andy, even that book by Andy Paul, which I thought was shite, that was better than this. This is useless.
0: Right, Jonathan, I'm going to go off screen here. I'm going to bring back a pile of books that were worse.
1: <laughs> go on then. We're struggling to find something interesting to say. I know you, you stood by a bookshelf bringing books that you think were worse. We're just waiting for Pricey here now, listeners, to get some books back from his bookshelf. I, if you're watching the video, you can see him stood by his bookshelf pulling books down to challenge my assumption. Here he comes. Oh, he's got four. What have you
0: got? Right. This right, is what have you got? This is what just off my top shelf. Amp up your sales, Andy Paul.
1: I said Andy Paul's book was better.
0: Agent of Influence, Jason Hansen.
1: Uh, it never made the show, Pricey. It never it never even made a recording.
0: No, we did one recording, Johnny. We actually bought it for two clients.
1: Yeah, but we never recorded a show about it because it was that Seven bad. Seven
0: Figure Selling by Brandon Bonanchin.
1: Never made the show.
0: Well, I know you haven't read that. Can I tell you something, Johnny? Don't read it.
1: I bought it because you bought it Literally. Salesperson's
0: secret code.
1: Better. Better than this.
0: No way!
1: Way better than this.
0: So anyway, let's get back to this book club. I just think you're... No. So what are we going to say about this book then, Johnny? Are we just going to say tell people not to buy it? Um...
1: There's, there's some uh, oh no because there's a couple of interesting bits but I am going to tell people not to buy it. I really like the thing he talks about about persuasive geographies and, and positioning. I thought there was a, a really interesting thing where he talks about how girls do better in science and maths if they're not surrounded by boys. I thought that was fascinating. How I apply that as a salesperson, I do not know. Um, and and <laughs> how, and what it's got to do with influence, I don't really bloody know either. Um, uh, 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 he talks about how girls do better in science and maths tests when they are with other girls, where the teacher is a girl, um, and they are in an environment where there is less stimuli on the wall. Brilliant. Very
0: interesting. I'm I'm laughing because you're absolutely right. What's he got to do with selling stuff?
1: Oh, it's just... just, um, (sighs) I like the fact that he talks about unity. I think that's something I might be able to use. So, one of the things he talks about is um, how you can pre influence people and influence people by creating unity. And, and you know, I, I, I even. I, uh, dictators over the years have used unity very wisely to create a concept of we and us um you know clapping for carers is unity we're all stood outside our houses at well, football, football
0: hooliganism is a unity isn't it
1: correct uh, you know when i go to a game and you know i'm like a real old timer now stood at the back of the terrace with the young lads in, in in the real crowded bit but i walk in and there's still a few knowing nods here he comes this guy always gets a song going we know him he's been coming forever and then I stand up, arms in the air, like a hooligan, even though it's rugby league and there are no hooligans. Um, and I get a song going. And actually that's a real unified thing. It's us, you walk out the stadium and you say, we won. Yeah, it's you, it's your tribe. So get and I think, the context, so no, so miss- where I'm, so the context of that is very interesting. So uh, I've got um, a, a, a video editing and camera editing app called Luminar. And one of the things Luminar are really good at, and I think it's really interesting this, is they have like this insiders thing where it's a, a, a private community. Right. And um, you're kind of in the community and you're one of the, you're a Luminar user, but it's not even a Facebook group. This is more private than that. And it's so early releases. Nope. Not unless you're a Luminar user and not unless you're a Luminar user. How do I become a Luminar user? I guess
0: I'd part to buy some You some part, with, kit. Part,
1: part with 75 pounds for some software. I've also that's got cool. another piece of software called Endless. Um Endless is um a, a jamming you you make music with it, right? That's they right. are brilliant at creating this user community. Now I do think that's a good takeaway and it did make me think what if we had a a, a community IRC insiders almost like our own little user community.
0: Good that's idea,
1: a, yeah that that that's it, uh, but does that make that, me a I better salesperson? Happens. No, that makes me a better marketeer. And it makes me a better entrepreneur. But does it really make me directly a better salesman? No.
0: I guess that's, uh, that, that's you know, within the, the big vendors who sell through the channel. I guess that's part uh, similar along the same concept, really.
1: Of course it is. You know, I'll tell you who, and you look at other brands and products that we buy, Where they, you know, I'm a Freemason, and Freemasonry is all about unity. The, the whole it,
0: what com- exercise bike have you got?
1: I've got a Peloton.
0: Surely that's the same, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. Peloton's a cult. Peloton is, it, is a straight
0: cult. Isn't it interesting? Because you, you know, I hadn't considered this until this moment, but you know that I don't buy on Unity.
1: Well, do you know what's weird? It is does interest me. Uh, if I go to the theatre and everybody's all clapping along, I won't do it. <laughs> that uh, sounds fucked up but i guess we not do it mike i literally i refuse i, I hate it. it it makes me feel horribly uncomfortable
0: well there you go
1: but i'm sort of quite into my freemasonry and there's lots of sort of very unified things that get done all at the same time and i think that's a very interesting thing you know in terms of manipulating and controlling people you you can see how cults do it
0: yeah, um yeah, fair enough so unity what else
1: What else have we got here? Um, What about this one? Unity error about the palm based information in my I I like the bit he talks about um, how you can almost pre pump people. He was talking early on in the book about how he'd palm read with people. He was obviously dreadful at chatting girls up when he was younger. This guy. This is a guy who was clearly dreadful at it. Had no game whatsoever. Strange,
0: isn't it? most salespeople are quite good at it.
1: So he he admits to the fact that he would go and do um, basically made up palm reading. But what's fascinating is whatever you tell people, they believe. So if so, if you say to them, "Well, yeah, you're obviously a really flexible guy," they'll go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah." And what's fascinating is a while ago I did a psychometric test, uh, one of Jordan Peterson's psychometric tests. Um, called Understand Myself. And one of the things that came out of the psychometric test was that it, according to this test, in a room of 98 people, in a room of 100 people, I would be the one of two of the most disagreeable people in the room.
0: No, you wouldn't.
1: No, seriously, that's what the test said. That was a joke.
0: That's why I said, no, you wouldn't. It was a (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) disagreement.
1: And and it says, I would be literally, if there was a hundred people in a room, I would be one of two of the most likely people to call somebody out on something. Uh, And it then said, if there were a hundred people in a room, I'd be one of six people most likely to contradict and vociferously disagree, irrespective of, of which way the grain was going. And I'd be outspoken about it. Right. Which, I thought, fuck, Matt is a really good analysis of me. Yeah, brilliant. He's just got me bang right disagreeable, vociferous, not afraid to speak his mind. Now, how much actually of my behaviour then subsequently has been influenced by that?
0: We well, see. I don't know, and it's. it's an I interesting... wonder the
1: extent to which. It made me more disagreeable. How much, of, how much more comfortable I am, am I with my status as a disagreeable person, for want of a better word, which, you know, those who follow me on LinkedIn know I'm disagreeable. I'm really disagreeable. I'm an unbelievably disagreeable person. But how much of that has been influenced by that one test, by that guy whose book I read, 12 Rules for Life, who I respect as a thinker, who then wrote a, created a test which told me I was a pretty disagreeable guy. Now it's I think that, that as a pre-influensive concept is fascinating.
0: Be interesting to know how uh, our prospects could put that into practice with their prospects, though. That, that's what we're here for. <sighs> how actually. Does our, Sh- well, should I read that? Should I read that book to become a better salesman? Well, he,
1: he talks in the book about. Um, uh, there's an int- there's a, a, a thing in the book where he talks about uh, how a pretty young girl's walking down the street. Um, no, th- there's a couple of things. One is asking people if they're adventurous and then seeing how they react to do something more adventurous. Yes. So you could, pr- so that's quite a useful one. But again, that's for me, that's more about the marketing department, priming the pump before the salesman walks in. Let's just say, for example, you've got a disruptive technology and it's slightly new paradigm then actually a lot of your marketing effort and your pump priming effort should be about getting people to recognize that they're capable of doing adventurous paradigm shifting things before you then turn up and try and show them the paradigm shift. So what you would do is you would use content that was all about adventure so what he's saying as a really, as an example is you'd have pictures of adventurers. You'd use Ernest
0: Shackleton. Um, he yeah, take him uh, on an it, outward it, bounds course and do an upsell.
1: Uh, uh, and you on your Instagram feed. You'd have a, your Instagram feed. would be all about adventure, breaking the mold, doing different things so that when the sales guy turned up and showed a piece of kit that was completely paradigm shifting, the client would think, well, I'm an adventurer. You've got me thinking like an adventurer.
0: But would that only you... appeal to adventurers?
1: Yeah, but let's get it right. You know, can you remember we sold Seneca and we were always very, very clear with ourselves when we were selling that particular software product that we were looking for early adopters and had people that had a sense of adventure. So you're pre-qualifying out the ones that are never going to buy anyway if they're laggards.
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, you're obviously right. I mean, I didn't. I think, I think so actually, but it, for me that's not it. the job you're... of
1: the sale but but for me persuasion is not the job of the salesman i think persuasion is the job of the salesman at some point you've got to define and close the scope of a sales professional and say look you all you, oh right you're going to run the instagram feed and start subconsciously sowing seeds of thinking about being adventurous and paradigm shifting well, that's marketing's job mate
0: yeah, don't disagree.
1: That's marketing's job. Give give the sales guy a bloody break. It's hard enough booking appointments and yeah, I mean, getting in front of clients of and book. running the campaign.
0: The best you're getting out of this book is four or five questions. You might get thrown in a conversation one, at one time.
1: Yeah. So he's, for example, in the middle of it, he's doing a palm reading. You really bent-
0: like this book. I thought you were whining about it. You want to shop about it now?
1: I'm just making content pricey.
0: <laughs> you do, yeah. I think you're you're not wanting to admit that you might have, you might like the book more than you said, you know, you seem to really like it.
1: No, I don't. Okay. No, I I, I I thought it was utter, utter, utter tat. <laughs> right.
0: Fine.
1: Um. I, I, I actually, do you know, I, I remember, and it's funny because when I l- listen to these books on audio, I have trigger points in the walks where I remember certain things that I thought about the book. So I've just got a memory now of walking down the hill near towards my house down the farmer's field and thinking, this is a classic example of the difficult second album.
0: Yes, 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 very good. You
1: you get the concept of the difficult second album. Yeah, yeah,
0: the first book was a beauty, I thought.
1: Yeah, his first book was great. This is Robert Gialdini's difficult second album. Um, his publisher has said to him, listen, Robert, we gave you an advance on uh, two books. You produced the 1st Where 20 odd years subsequent and you haven't produced the second. Where the hell is it, buddy? Um, and I think that he has cobbled together a load of anecdotes and shite um, under the guise of being a book about persuasive psychology, when actually it's just a load of anecdotes and shite that slightly allude to it
0: right <laughs> uh,
1: but some of the anecdotes were interesting to listen to you know i really like the one about the kid in the in the it, 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 he talks about um how people are more likely to find guilty a criminal who where the camera looks at their face brilliant great but that's no use to my clients
0: yeah, do you, know, do you know what I would actually say about this book? In, in summary is, it's just not a sales book. I just wouldn't read it.
1: No. It's just,
0: um, just a theoretical debate. And You know, if you're into some form of psychology or something, then yeah, fairly interesting, I suspect. It's not a sales book, is it?
1: No, it's not. There's, there's just... I, I really wanted to get something out of it, and I was really looking forward to it. It's... Do you know, sometimes when me and the missus are watching TV, you go on a run, don't you, with telly? Where, like, I'm watching this show at the moment, Bloodlands with Jimmy Nesbitt.
0: Not watched it yet. Got it, got it stacked uh, up to watch. Any good? It's
1: absolutely cracking, Mike, right? Absolutely cracking. And and you go on a run, you're like, bloody hell, that's really good. And we're watching another show on Sky called Your Honour with um, Brian Cranston in it, uh, who was in Breaking Bad. Um, and you think, Phew. Crikey, that was a real belter! I really, really enjoyed that. And you go on a run, and then all of a sudden you watch something, you think this is dreadful. I can't watch this, and I feel like this has been, from a book perspective, a break in what's been a pretty good run for us.
0: Fair enough. Well, should we call it a day there, then, Johnny? Because what? Yeah, you know, we're waffling um, on otherwise. Um, yeah, I would have given it a two out of ten.
1: I, I, I'm giving it zero. <laughs> I, I think it is of no use at all zero for, us.
0: zero for us zero for us it might be useful to somebody else but it's just not right for us um
1: I, I, i'm trying to think now mike of my mates uh and i, I look at i'm just thinking through I'm, I'm, I'm gonna i was just thinking right who are my mates right they're the boys on the whatsapp group i've got a couple of different whatsapp groups where i've got people that i consider my friends so that's two people um <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh no so joking aside and i think right okay would i recommend this book to him nope would i recommend this book to him Nope. Would recommend this book to him? No. You know, one of the boys actually came on the WhatsApp group the other night saying, need a good book, recommendations, boys. This is not going in that yeah, WhatsApp you're not, chat. you're
0: not friends with those of amateur psychologists, though, are you? So why would you?
1: Oh, I am. That particular guy who asked, he is a heavyweight amateur psychologist, very into well-being and psychology. He's a professional well-being person. But I wouldn't recommend this to him. I'd say, nah, it's miles better books. So for me... If you've listened to this for for forty minutes, I thank you. Uh, it, it, I wouldn't read it on the beach. You know, if you go on a holiday this summer, would you read that on the beach? No, would I you? Do let- that. I,
0: built, I don't. You see, we, you and I are different like that. I don't read when I'm dogging. I don't read on the beach.
1: If I went on the if I went on a beach holiday tomorrow, right? Let's just say Boris says go on your holiday, right, mate? And I go on the holiday and I, and I land in uh, this year. I'm going to Spain to look, this all inclusive thing. So I get to my holiday and I'm sat on a lounger and then on the lounger next to me is a fella my age, probably in sales of some sort, businessman, and he's just about to pick up persuasion. I actually would say, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'd actually say, buddy, don't do it. Put that fucking book down. And at that, I think that's the end. <laughs> that's my conclusion.
0: Right, okay. Right. We'll look forward to the... Uh...
1: next month we promise you we will come back with an absolute stunner that will bring some value from a book perspective thank you so much if you've listened all the way through this show goodbye